0: Hello, and welcome to Havas Media Group's new podcast, The Meaningful Media Pod. I'm your host, Ben, and over the next few months, I'll be talking to a range of guests, brand marketeers, agency voices, academics, policymakers, research, consumers, and hopefully some of you listening about meaningful media, the media that matters to them and to us, and just why it's so important today. Today, we're going to turn to the attention economy. We're going to think about how we measure attention and why it's so important to correct for some of the historical problems we've had around measurement in media you know you talk to someone outside of the industry um, for for those those of us that know people outside the industry hopefully this pod is reaching some some of you Um, and it will seem incredibly counterintuitive that we don't actually mention the attention people pay to ads kind of nuts right I'll be discussing the what, how and why of measuring attention with John Waite, Global Head of Activation, MX, at Havas Media, and how meaningful media experiences drive attention. There's no better person to discuss this with than John. For the last 15 years, John has experienced firsthand the evolution of the attention economy, and his work here at Havas is on understanding and developing attention measurement, which is key to our MX, our media experience system practice. John, thanks for coming on the pod. I think we're going to give this one a lot of uh, attention. So uh, I guess to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey. How did you get into the space and what made you so interested in in measurement and, and ultimately um, evolving, the, evolving it through the attention economy?
1: Yeah, so, so I joined Havas in October, joining as global head of MX Activation. And, and really that's how do we plan and buy media better? And it's been a, it's been a sort of not a long journey to get there. So I've been in the industry for about 14 years, but I started as a TV buyer. So I was a TV planner and buyer at a small independent agency in Tunbridge, Wells, Kent, um, for, a, for a full, full service shops that had creative media production, and absolutely everything. And we were a small media department in the basement, <laughs> two of us buying telly for the, for, for all the clients we had at that point. And I was always interested in, what is it we're actually buying? Because it can seem like this really spurious concept of buying media. So when I was buying telly, I'd always ask the question, what what is it I'm actually buying? Am I buying a spot? Am I paying for a spot? And my boss at the time would say, well, no, you're you're buying an impact. I said, "Well, well, what is that impact? What do we mean by impact? And he said, well, just think of it as a pair of eyeballs. And I'd say, oh, what, so we're paying for someone who's actually watching the ad? Well, no, he would say, say you're paying for the opportunity for someone to watch an ad. And so as this started to unravel, I was like, well, what was called an impact and then eyeballs? is actually nothing like that. It's purely a, an opportunity for someone to see ads. So I was always questioning and always interested in what is this currency, this unit that we're actually paying for and buying, obsessed with, kind of optimizing. Um, but I was always super interested in the, the ins and outs of it. And and, and always had this nagging feeling we could do it better. Like it was good, but, but it was the way it had always been done. And surely, with you know emerging new technology and the kind of big big data approaches, we could we could do this in a more interesting way that would get us to you know a, a place where we could start to plan better media experiences. So at the time VOD was a relatively new thing. So as I was kind of getting into a couple of years in, VOD sort of started out, and we started as TV planners thinking about how we planned digital video. And then it got even more interesting because all of a sudden I wasn't buying an impact. I was buying an impression. I'm like, what was an impression? (laughs) And then it gets even more spurious because you get into the world of digital metrics and that's a whole new world of interesting. But, uh, and ultimately, you know, I wasn't even buying a opportunity to see at that point, I was just, I was just paying for an ad being served into this digital space. So all of a sudden I was trying to compare the value of, an opportunity to see on TV with an ad just being served on digital when I was faced with two different costs and neither of these things computed really. Neither of them kind of spoke to each other or made much sense. So, um, as, as from there, I started, I was kind of responsible for setting up departments at agencies back in the day that were cross-screen planning and buying departments, so the merging of TV and digital operations, um, which kind of worked, kind of didn't. Um, but ultimately, that meant we also needed new tools, systems, data approaches that allow us to bridge the gap between this kind of older world of linear TV and this newer world of digitally uh, activated media channels. Um, so started moving into the world of building tools, the data that would power them, uh, and ultimately the, the, the sort of right approaches to plan kind of cross-media reach and frequency. And, th- and then through our various path, I ended up in a, a, a position in global partnerships uh, in my previous agency, working with loads of media vendors and research companies in this really exciting area of attention. So it felt like the culmination of everything I'd always been curious about, <laughs> you know, what's an impact, what's an impression, what's the value of these things, what's the cost of these things, how do we compare them? And all of a sudden we started talking about attention, which was, well, we can, we, we can use technology and data to tell someone, how, you know, okay, was someone actually looking at the ad? How long were they looking mm-hmm. at it for? And what's the value in that exposure? And, um, and ultimately that's that's what we talk about at Habas, the media experience. What is someone's experience of looking at that media placement that we're putting out there and that ad. Um, and that's what that's what kind of brought me to here, really my interest in it. The way that we can see
0: media has has shifted and your your journey as someone who does media, as build media experience has, has has followed that, I guess. would would that be fair to say?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think change in the way that we do things always mirrors changes in consumption behaviors and habits and the way that people are consuming media and if you weren't adapting your offering as an agency to to mirror and reflect that you were behind and those changes the reality is have been hugely accelerated in the last 10 years
0: sometimes as doing good media we're, we're coming from behind we're following the consumption rather than you know trying to get ahead and try and understand it and that's what part of your work on the attention economy uh, has been is is getting in front of that is um developing better we call the memex media experiences here at habas uh, through that uh, through that understanding can we just pick up on a on a couple of the things you spoke about and and the history of measurement what is an impact what is an impression we we we, we kind of throw these words around in a media agency and 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 sometimes we don't we don't talk and unpack the definition so would you mind mind doing that taking us through a quick you know, quick history of measurement
1: yeah yeah that's that's kind of part of the challenge because on every different media channel or platform the impression or the impact is actually quite a different thing <laughs> when you get into the definition so yeah. on tv in the uk for example um barb who are the measurement panel for for tv uh, um consists of, I think it's now been increased, it was 5,000-odd uh, households in the UK. It's now around 7,000 households, which is a representative panel of the population of the UK. Um, and if you have one of these bar boxes in your home, you are effectively setting the, um, you know, when, the, when when the newspapers or whoever report that the X Factor did, you know, six million, seven million viewers last night is based on those 5,000 or now 7,000 households. So they take that panel site and scale it to a population level. Um, And and an impact is what an advertiser buys. So it's one exposure to a household. It's actually defined as um, the ad was served uh, broadcast. So the ad was broadcast or served to the TV screen and the TV screen had to be on. So the TV set had to be on and somebody had to be in the room. And Barb uses, it's actually... Quite advanced approach versus some other markets, but these are people meter, so they're measuring people exposure to an ad rather than a household level exposure to the ad. Um, but you have to log yourself in, uh, you know, as a as a user. Yeah. You have to say you're in the room. If you have guests, you have to add people uh, to that people meter. So there's a sort of relatively manual layer to it. But there's lots of smart there's lots of smart math that goes on behind the scenes to yeah. correct for kind of some of these sort of inconsistencies. But ultimately, what you're buying is the opportunity for someone to see your ad. So one Im- impact equals one person being in the room with a TV set turned on. Now, whether they were looking at the TV screen or whether they were on their phone or talking to their mates or their family or jumping up and down, whatever, like that's not measured. And that's really an area where attention becomes interesting.
0: When it gets to digital, it gets a bit more sort of funky for a while, doesn't it? And we have this concept yeah. of an impression. <laughs> Can you talk us through what an impression is and, and yeah. how that was maybe a bit different?
1: It, yeah, that's the interesting part. So an impression actually gets measured by different vendors slightly, slightly differently, but is in effect that the ad was simply served into mm-hmm. the placement it was um, supposed to be in. So the moment an ad is deemed to be served by the ad server system, it classes as an impression. It doesn't matter if that impression was served but at what they call below the fold, so under what you can see on the screen, or right in the middle of the screen, or um, right at the bottom of the page, where you'd never even scroll down to—that's an impression. As far as soon as it's fired, that is classed as being a, a digital impression. And if on some social media platforms you get charged for that impression, you could be scrolling through your feed super super quickly the moment you've thumbed past it and not even given it the chance of day, you've paid for that impression already. So yeah, the, fundamentally quite different to uh, you know what you're buying potentially on TV at this opportunity to see.
0: Yeah, an impression is being it's just a counting methodology, right? It's saying it's been delivered. We know it's kind of gone somewhere.
1: It's it's the bare minimum. And even then it's yeah. not it's not quite right. It's a bare minimum of okay, well we did our job and served the ad what you paid for into a placement. Mm. Uh, we've put it there. I sort of liken it to someone putting an out-of-home ad up, but sticking it on a billboard that's facing a wall. <laughs> like, you put you put it in the right place, but, you know, it's not necessarily going to have an impact or an exposure. I
0: love that analogy you just made around, you know, kind of putting one opposite a, you know, brick wall or, or just, um, you know, putting it where no one could see it. And that's, frankly, one of the, the problems with the measurement that, that digital has had and continues yeah. to have. Can you talk us through what the attention economy is and how it starts to address some of these problems you've talked about some of these issues in in measurement as it evolves
1: yeah so attention it is super simple subject to to grasp Mm. it's simply a new wave of measurement providers who are measuring using eye tracking technology so usually the camera on your mobile device or your laptop device uh, two opted in panels. So it's not just firing up the camera on any old person's laptop. These are people that have opted yeah. in to be part of the panels and it's tracking their eye gaze. Um, so it's tracking where they're looking on a page, if they're looking at an ad and if so, how long they are looking at an ad for. And that is a massive leap on from, an opportunity to see. It tells you that someone was there. It tells you that they looked at your placement. And it gives us an idea of the quality of that exposure because of how long somebody has looked at it for. So that is, that is attention as a, as a definition. Did someone look at my ads and for how long? The idea of uh, attention economy was really over the last so 15 to 20 years, there's no shortage of impressions or, or impacts. There's been actually monumental growth in the amount of available advertising inventory that is out there for advertisers to buy, but it's not good. (laughs) Uh, Not all of it is being looked at, not all of it is being served to people, and certainly not good quality that's delivering a good, attentive, interesting media experience. So the idea of the attention economy is that while advertising impressions may be, well, seemingly infinite, um, attention is not. You know, Mm -hmm. someone's someone's attention is finite. And if you look at some of the work from um, companies like Lumen They've done some interesting kind of quantification work Say, well, how much how much attention is there in the world? Like, how much attention does the average person have? Uh, and I think, you know, if you look at the sort of stats around media consumption, people maybe spend two, three, four hours a day consuming various uh, media, whether that's your mobile, social, TV, whatever, probably only got about six minutes of available attention to actually pay to advertising in any way, shape, or form. So that is really finite. So the idea of the attention economy is it's a... It's in a fact, it's a, it's a commodity. Someone, someone's attention is a commodity mm. and we need to price it and value it um, correctly in respect that.
0: Uh, what's really fascinating about this is this seems like a, a really significant evolution in the way that we measure effectiveness. We measure media experience, how people are experiencing ads and media. I'm going to ask you to talk about how we measure attention um but first can i ask you is it am i is my attention being measured now i know i noticed the <laughs> the green lights on i'm well, so you are on camera so yes. in theory
1: you could, good but, but the software isn't running so i don't think so
0: right. but you're so so it's it's kind of opt-in panel based. this isn't you know this is something yeah yeah
1: yeah well the, the, you asked about sort of how attention yep. is attention to advertising is being measured yep. and there are a sort of two crops, two camps of companies uh, and businesses that are appearing in how to measure and quantify someone's mm-hmm. attention. One is using camera technology to literally yeah. measure: are you looking at an ad? And th- which I would call observed attention. So they're observing if you're paying attention. Um, the other is inferred attention, who um, have very you know sophisticated data analysis tools that show all the device metrics that were being captured like the size of the ad where it was on the page how fast somebody is scrolling uh, the cluster of other ads on the page whether they clicked on it that they will infer from the actions taken if somebody was likely paying attention to that ad based on their on page actions mm. so one measuring the device the other measuring the human
0: so there's um th- there's this actual evolution in in you talked about sort of uh, the tension between kind of inference and, and actual um, kind of tracking. Can you just unpack that a little bit more? Because this is really complex for for brands and for for agencies. It's like, what's best?
1: It's a good question. Well, the, the reality is that as approaches, they both. The ultimate goal for most brands is: I want my media to work harder mm-hmm. for me. I want it to be more effective. I want it to deliver greater ROI and and work harder for me. And there's that age old adage: you know, fifty percent of my advertising works. <laughs> I just don't know which fifty percent. And ultimately, you know, that John is Wanamaker. That's it. What most people are trying to do is shift that 50% to 60% or 70% and get a greater understanding of which parts of their advertising activity is working better and buy more of that and get rid of some of the the rubbish that isn't maybe. The reality is both these approaches get you closer to, 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 to doing that because They are both offering a much, much deeper understanding around the quality of an ad placement Mm -hmm. and not just whether it was served. You know, reach and frequency planning, impression-based planning, basically. It's just, I want to know if I served an ad and do that as cheaply as possible across as many people as I can. Doesn't tell you anything about the quality of the exposure. Whereas these things, whether that's measuring whether someone looks at it, um, which gives a you know if you're if you are looking at something you are likely interested in it and more likely to take an action off the back of it, or whether someone engages with it through through device measures, both get you uh, a, an idea around the quality of the exposure. So there's merit merit to both. Now now personally, I feel like the biggest step change is mm-hmm. in. Uh, the eye tracking stuff, because we've been able to measure device metrics for many, many years, and most advertisers have their own databases and smart ways of understanding, you know, how size of ad is important, for example, to drive certain outcomes. Um, But what they don't have is an idea of, whether people were looking at their ads or not. So there's, there's nothing that actually measures what humans are doing when ads are being served. It's kind of really the first human measure of media uh, impact um, that we have kind of access to now, I think.
0: So this is pretty transformative for the industry, right? I mean, to, to say that we now have ways of measuring and, and looking at how humans are, are actually engaging with ads, not only whether they're looking at them, but how they're looking at them, that's going to change the way we do measurement right that's going to change the way we understand media effectiveness talk about that
1: yeah it, sh- it should it should well do um, you know how long that takes how you know adoption is an interesting curve and I think we're we're sort of in this area now where lots of research has been done into the area of attention and how as a metric again a usable metric it can be more valuable to us in driving greater results to clients. So people like uh, Professor Karen Nelson-Field, mm-hmm. companies like Lumen, companies like Adelaide, doing loads of great work to show that this kind of approach can drive better results for, for brands.
0: We're lucky enough to have you. you, you you're you leading our um, our attention work here at Havas Media Group and you're integrating that into MX system, media experience system practice. It's It's how we do media and how we've uh, transform the agency to be focused on that media experience what are your tips for for brands generally advertisers marketeers in in thinking about and adapting to the attention economy
1: i think the first thing is think of attention measurement as measuring the value of your media mm. and not the cost yeah. and attention data attention-based planning could help you understand more the value of every exposure that you're buying so it's not just about buying media cheaper it's about buying it better and i really think that attention data implemented properly can get brands much closer to that so for for brands it's really start start engaging with these new and interesting measurement companies they're they're hungry they're they're doing some really interesting work um you know they're doing things at great speed and they've got um robust propositions
0: We've been doing some research. You've been leading a Havas Media Group around integrating intention into MX, our media experience system and process. We, we talked about MX earlier, um, and within MX, we have this concept of context, content, and connection, and how they interact, which helps us understand the media and the ad experience. Can you share a little bit of a, a little bit of few few spoilers, a little bit of teasers on the research that you've been uh, you've been working on?
1: There are three major drivers of whether someone pays attention to ads or not. And those are the three C's so that the content the context and the connection and everything we are focused on as a, as a, as a group of media planners and, and buyers is effectively the, the, the context part. So where am I placing my ad? You know, how big is it? Where is it on the page? How many other ads are surrounding it? So how much clutter and noise is there in that environment? You know, what kind of um, domain is it on? What's the genre of the content I'm serving into? And that's what we can affect as, as media planners. And we can make better decisions around where we put ads based on the what we learn about people's um, likelihood to pay attention to those formats. But the two other critical components are the connection of the content. And I tend to think about the content as a creative. So research from data to decisions is, is sort of shown through market mix models and econometric models that, you know, maybe media is thirty percent of the driver of effectiveness, but creative can be you know upwards of seventy percent. So often, quite quite huge mm. um, driver of of outcomes. But it's clearly a huge driver of whether someone decides to pay attention to an ad or not. Yeah, crap ads <laughs> get rubbish attention, right? So and good ads get good attention. So creative is a huge, huge part of the the equation. And the second part is how relevant ads are to people. Yeah. So serving people ads that they're likely to be interested in based in where, where they might be in their kind of purchase funnel for different products or, or their views and opinions on certain brands. So, uh, our, our job really is now focused on measuring, uh, well, measuring the impact of those things, but also figuring out what we can do to, to, to maximize those. We have this yeah. full attention potential, some of it we can, you know, I can put ads in, I can make the ads bigger. They can fill more, more of the screen, all this kind of stuff. But the creative bit is also a huge consideration. Yeah. So the research that um, that we've got dives really deeply into the, the sort of context drivers that mm. deliver attention. So viewable time, as an example, so the amount of time an ad is available to be seen for on the screen, so how long it's on the screen for is an obvious precursor to whether someone will pay attention to the ad or not because if it was there for longer. There's more opportunity for someone to look at it. So we're starting to learn the relationships between the device metrics and the human metric of attention. Um, I talked around sort of, you know, force versus voluntary experiences. There's some really interesting learnings about sound. So um, lots of people immediately go, well, sound would be better. But the reality is, um, if you serve sound on an ad where people don't expect it, it actually makes the experience worse. So people tend to look away really quickly. So if you blast it out sound on someone's Facebook feed, but they're not expecting it, they're going to scroll past that ad really, really quickly yeah. to get rid of it. So being respectful of someone's media experience, you know, yeah. showing up as you're expected to and earning attention rather than demanding it is really important. We're learning loads in the research around those particular drivers. Um, and, and we're, we're hoping you know, in the future to be testing with brands mm. and clients to separate out the the creative effect too.
0: From the initial research, we're seeing that news, particularly ads uh, alongside yeah. news
1: embedded in news,
0: have higher attention. Is it attention scores, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, sec- so seconds of attention. It's, yeah, that's a, it's a good point. I mean, and ultimately, so, so news. Yes, you're right. In trust trusted news environments, um, but generally speaking, environments that are creating content for people right. to enjoy, yeah. creating quality content, whether that's journalism or entertainment that people uh, visit as a destination for that content is delivering greater attention to advertising
0: the this idea of you know it's so intuitive to someone who's outside the industry um that a quality media experience you know a, a good page that isn't bombarded by ads to to your point john hasn't been uh, created almost for these ad slots um is a better is a better driver of attention yeah. Um, and ultimately, a better driver of impact. And that is at the core of media experience, right? Yeah. It's like, um, you
1: yeah. know, we, we talk about benefits for brands, but reality is uh, you know, we're not just creating an attention economy, but attention ecology. You know, the more we learn about the value of these placements, the more investment should flow into qu- environments where there's quality journalism news content you know people producing great video content um and that you you know we i think advertisers want to fund that positive ecology and, and and reward those creators as opposed to to the slightly more you know less interesting environment i love it
0: meaningful meaningful media with a big m so attention doing so much more john attention the attention economy and attention measurement is transformative right that's pretty clear Why are you so passionate about it uh, other than that that transformation?
1: For me, you know, I talked about all the things I was always inquisitive about early days. And my main problem was that we never measured the quality of the media exposure, Mm -hmm. the value of the media experience. And that's what attention measurement gets us further towards. An understanding of, did someone have a positive engagement with the stuff that we're putting out there? And was it likely effective? And that's something that's been missing from... Media planning, buying, and measurement for for too long. So it's really exciting that we can bake that into the process and bring it to the fore. Brilliant,
0: absolutely brilliant. We 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 are uh, righting some of the wrongs in terms of bad media experiences. We're creating better uh, experiences with media and ads, and um, uh, hopefully uh, building a, a thriving uh, paid advertising ecosystem. And, and attention is going to be transformative for that. Thank you so much, John. That was. Uh, that was fascinating. We like to finish the pod with uh, our Meaningful Media Fast Five. Um, John, really quick, let's talk about uh, your Meaningful Media. We've got, we got five quick ones. So what is your Meaningful Media?
1: Largely driven by the pandemic. I think it's Apple TV Plus for me. Yeah, I, okay, uh, good. It yeah. I, uh, wasn't, wasn't something I kind of tuned into, but I'm, I've got two kids, one-year-old and a three-year-old, pretty time poor. When I actually turn on the TV in the evening, I want to watch something quality. I think what they're doing in terms of, curating brilliant quality of content is great so everything on there is is a great experience so I really enjoy what they're
0: doing so what media do you start your day with and I think that's going to be influenced by your, your family situation
1: probably twitter usually. interesting i think it, i think it helps me i always say like it captures the mood yeah. of the day like you can you yeah, know you get a good feel for how people are feeling what's going on in one place all at once so yeah i tend to start with twitter
0: so you, you say almost for your news you'd go to twitter rather than you know opening up the the guardian or the telegraph or whatever yeah
1: i think awesome. it sparks off you know what what the hot topics of the day are and then i can dive into my you know different news sources on that basis it's kind of like a curator of uh, stuff i might be interested this is
0: this is genuinely quite weird because i do exactly the same thing uh (laughs) and then you know that will set my sort of news agenda for the day as well so what's your media guilty pleasure
1: uh yeah uh again fueled by the pandemic and working from home but i always try and make sure i have a little kind of half hour lunch break and uh it's trash tv i've been watching below deck it's on netflix i love it it's great (laughs) i'm not even ashamed (laughs)
0: Give us uh, two minutes on on uh, on below deck. I'm fascinated. What's the what's I the setup it's, it's
1: fo- following the, the life of young yachties who you know kind of go and work for six seven weeks charter season. You know you get you get kind of rich people chartering these yachts and it's the it follows the kind of below deck.
0: So what media do you turn to when you want to get inspired? You want to get pumped up. You want to you want a big brain moment. You want to you want to really feel it. What's your
1: media that you yeah. turn to to be inspired? Uh, probably probably podcasts. It's probably less so since the pandemic, because it used to be my go-to commute media. Mm. It's one called 99% Invisible that I quite enjoy. I don't know if you've come across that one before. But it basically just talks about all these super interesting things that are all around us that we just don't pay attention to. <laughs>
0: so um, you can only have one media platform for the rest of your life. Uh, which one is it?
1: Oh, that's tough, isn't it? when we say platform we we talking mobile tv that kind of thing is that what we're going for yep what can, we talking uh, you, you can you can have um you can have a,
0: a netflix you can have a, a guardian you can have a um oh okay, okay. we're you, okay, okay we're going you're down, trying down to a, that. We're, we're going we're going down that route or you may choose to have an instagram you may choose twitter from what you were t- telling us earlier um it, should, it would
1: have to be it would have to be tv related content so yeah one of your yeah. One of Netflix is Amazon Prime's, maybe Apple TV Plus, because yeah. that's what I switch off. That's why, yeah, that's not, why I enjoy not, media. Not, not, not Disney. I do like Disney. Mean, I do watch a lot of Disney Plus. I think I've got them all actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think am not sure I could pick between them, but, but maybe.
0: John, thank you for coming on the pod. That was uh, absolutely brilliant. We're going to be hopefully getting you back uh, once the research is out. And uh, so, so inspired by the by the work you're doing for, for the health of the ecosystem and delivering better media experiences. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Cheers, Ben. That's all we've got time for in this episode. You know, we shouldn't be surprised that meaningful media delivers better attention metrics. And John's thoughts on how this seismic shift in measurement can improve media experience certainly caught my attention. And I hope yours as well. We'd love to hear from you and get your thoughts on measurement, attention, and all things meaningful media. You can drop us a mail at the following address, podcast at havasmg.com. That's podcast at havasmg.com. You can follow us on our socials. We're at Havas Media Group. And of course, connect with us over on LinkedIn. All addresses in the show notes. Do please remember to subscribe to the Meaningful Media Podcast on your preferred platform so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. And on that content, I'm really excited for our next conversation, where we'll be thinking big on media experiences and technology. We'll be talking through wearables, VR and AR, MedTech, Web3, and of course, the metaverse, with our North American Head of Strategy, Sarah Ivy. Sarah will also be sharing some exclusive nuggets from her research on how mind states impact the meaningfulness of brands' tech-driven experiences. It's sure to be a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for being with us, and I hope for subscribing. I'm Ben Downing. Join us next time.